7 o'clock. Good morning, Bile Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozark Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It is Wednesday. It's the return of Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. So if you got something to complain about, a neighbor that's driving you crazy. Has the weather been getting you down? I mean, I get it's wintertime. I'm okay with snow in the winter. But when if it it's going to be this cold, at least snow. Right, but when it's rainy, mm-hmm. is it me or is it just when it's rainy in, in the wintertime, number one, it just seems more depressing, and it also just seems colder because you're getting wet, right? Snow, yeah, you know, it just doesn't seem to get you wet, but not like when it's raining. It just seems like to me... In the wintertime, it it just it's just a big downer, man, when it rains in the wintertime. I love summer rain. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of winter rain. No, and I don't know I don't know who is, to be quite honest. Can't imagine anybody is. And I know it sounds counterintuitive, but I'm not very bright as it is. Winter rain always makes me think of ice and slick roads. Snow True. really doesn't. Even though technically it's colder. You know Snow I mean? can make driving treacherous, but well, I know what you're can, saying. Black, black yeah. ice is nasty, though. I right. Would, that's where you're going is black ice. It can be... It's. I agree with you in this, okay? Mm-hmm. Startling revelation this morning. That you're the I, one that really matters in this deal. Uh, that was sarcastically said, but that's okay. You can keep playing that all you want. That... Black ice is tough to see because it looks like pavement. You, you're not mm-hmm. sure. Right. And with snow, you know, it's there and obviously very visible. Duh. Yeah. And you know the road's going to be probably slicker and the black ice catches you out of nowhere. And with the time Beal and I put our uh, old team Kia on Vail Pass in a little, uh, little 360 action because driving along and sunshine looks you know, looks like it's a good day. We're driving over to do state baseball, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Central was playing. And, yeah, I mean, it looked the road looked fine. Did a little 360, just kept on going. We were okay. We had a little bit of uh, that moment of planes, trains, and automobiles where, ah, the car's spinning out of control. And mm-hmm. but um, But I agree with you on that one. That um, the rain makes the black ice come about, and that makes it a little, a little scarier. All right, so if you got something that's grinding your gears today, please send it our way. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Getting more details about uh, Coach Prime's contract. We'll dive into that coming up a little bit. Also, apparently, it's not just the Broncos that are interested in Jim Harbaugh. Somebody else is, and we'll talk about that coming up at the top of next hour. So we have a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to speak with Kyle Crowder, Delta Panthers girls coach. They get going again this weekend. Centauri on Friday, and then Alamos on Saturday. And right now, uh, we plan on having coverage of the games with Alamos, of the boys and the girls, over on the Monkey, which is 97.1 in Delta. There's been a little bit of indecision, though, because the Alamosa girls basketball coach 
was involved in a very serious accident. And so there's some, some doubt about what's going to happen with those games coming up. Nothing confirmed at this point in time, but that is something that is potentially a factor for those games coming up on Saturday over on the Monkey. But we'll talk with uh, girls coach Kyle Crowder coming up at 740 this morning. And then we'll get into some more Valley basketball next week. Uh, Central Montrose, they'll be, of course, uh, on the hardwood coming up next Tuesday. So that, also, Mile High Sports Radio's Cody Rourke will join us. Radio Voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee. Also, CSU Voice, Brian Roth. Chris Dempsey, that covers the Nuggets for Altitude, slated to join us as well at 920. And uh, Reese Johnson from the Colorado Mesa men's basketball team. Mavericks home this weekend, taking on Chadron State and Colorado Christian this Friday and Saturday. A quick programming reminder that on Friday night, the games will be on team for Shadron State over on KNZZ because of NFL coverage. Uh, so that's where you'll hear the Mavericks this weekend. Of course, always brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. So it's Wine About a Wednesday. Something you want to complain about, text or call us, 970-242-1340. All right, so let's uh, go ahead here in the 7 o'clock hour and jump into... What's happening? Lead things off with the latest on DeMar Hamlin. The Buffalo Bills' safety remains sedated and in critical condition in a Cincinnati hospital. Doctors are working to take him off his ventilator and breathe on his own. Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest during Monday's game with the Bengals. Hamlin's foundation that provides toys for kids in his hometown of Pennsylvania has received over $4 million in donations. This is something he started back in college. Mm-hmm. Kind of a modest goal of what twenty five hundred dollars to get toys for kids during Christmas in his small uh, little town just outside of, of uh, Pittsburgh and a rough community. From everything I was reading or listening to yesterday, a little bit about the background of Mar Hamlin it was a rough area that he grew up in and wanted to provide joy for kids in his hometown. Yeah, and um, and it's now received over four million dollars in donations. It's truly remarkable. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell says the game will not be resumed this week, but we could be played next week because it does mm-hmm. have, as we discussed yesterday, serious playoff implications. Both the Bengals and Bills are in, but when it comes to the the number one seed, that's where this game has a big, big implication. Both teams are battling with Kansas City for the top seed in the AFC playoffs, and for the Bengals, they right now, they're on the verge of clinching the AFC North, depending on what happens when if and when that game is played. And Broncos, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you now who it is, okay? And this whole Jim Harbaugh thing. Broncos may have competition for the services of Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh. Yahoo and other media outlets are reporting that Harbaugh has spoke with Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper. The report stressed the conversation was not an official interview. Harbaugh does have a relationship, as we've talked about, with Broncos ownership with CEO Greg Penner and his wife and Condoleezza Rice. The Penners and Rice knew Harbaugh during his time as a head coach at Stanford. New Colorado football coach Deion Sanders and his son Shador have a contract with Under Armour, but his Buffs contract mandates that the two wear Nike gear and report in the Denver Post that Sanders and his sophomore quarterback son must wear Nike gear when representing Colorado. CU's deal with Nike ends in 2025. Other contract details have been released, including Coach Prime getting a $750,000 bonus if the Buffs win the national championship and a $150,000 bonus for a six-win season. We'll talk more about that coming up in a little bit. The Colorado Mesa 
Madison women's basketball team picked up their second RMAC win to cap their weekend road trip downing New Mexico Highlands 68-63. The Mavericks are now 3-10 and in the season, 2-5 and in conference play. Next up, the Mavs are back home taking on Shadron State Friday and Cutler Christian on Saturday for the Eagles. They're paced by Shayla Powers at nearly 18 points per game. Mavericks head coach Taylor Wagner says Powers leads a very dangerous Eagles team. She is a tough guard. Really athletic, moves well without the ball. It's another scary team. You know, they beat Highlands by 30 points. They could beat anybody, and we've got to be ready for them. Maverick women tip it off Friday night at 5.30, pregame at 5.15 on the team. Saturday night, it's Colorado Christian over on 1100 KNZZ, 92.7 FM. Pre-game at 5.15, tip at 5.30. For the Maverick men, they have a real test on Friday night when they host Shadron State. The Eagles are one of the three teams in the RMAC that is a top five and has a top five ranking to both scoring offense and defense. They possess the second-best defensive field goal percentage in the conference as well as the second-best three-point shooting percentage on offense. Mavs head coach Mike DeGeorge says the Eagles cause fits on both ends of the court. They really defend, and then they run dribble drive on offense. So they just kind of stretch out and quick guards that can really uh, drive it in there and put a lot of pressure on you not to foul them. And, and then they just have a little bit more offensive punch this year. Maverick men play at 730 both nights against Shadron State on Friday, Colorado Christian on Saturday. And uh, you can hear once again the Maverick men on Friday night right here on the team and then over on 1100 KNZZ on Saturday night. And uh, the reason for that, because we have NFL coverage on Saturday right here on the team. All right, 709, and that's a look at... What's happening? All right, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. So, got some reaction to uh, Jim Harbaugh talking with David Tepper. Also, right now, we got a text from Eric. Haven't heard from Eric. uh, Horizon High School grad these days. Yep. Walked away from... uh, the CSU moniker. You don't have to shovel rain. That's true. That is true. When you're driving, though, what would you rather deal with? Snow or black ice? Because black ice gives you the false perception. You can drive somewhat at a somewhat normal speed until it jumps up and grabs you by the boo-boo. Snow, you're already, it's there. Mm-hmm. You've got to drive slow. He has a point, though. You don't have to shovel the rain. Right. So, there's his there's his answer to that today. Good. It's been a while from Eric. Good to hear from you, Eric. All right, so text or call us, 970-242-1340. And um, I guess with... What should the NFL do about this Bills-Bengals game? I've heard some say you... You push everything this weekend onward back, eliminate the week off between the Super Bowl and the championship games, and play this game on its own this weekend. I just, I don't know how that's feasible. I don't know. Wouldn't you have had to start making those plans Monday night? Yeah. After When you realized, okay, it's probably not, going to be fair you can't ask the guys to play thursday can't ask them to play today right or friday but that because that's that's moving that's a lot of moving pieces what do you i mean could you could you move could you move one of those saturday games to sunday 
and then the Bills Bengals game replaces one of the the Saturday games because there's two games on Saturday. But the Bills and Bengals have opponents this weekend. And what do you do with those games? That's do you, and how do you move? Do you move them back? I'm just I'm just thinking out no, loud. No, I'm here, with what? you. And that in so the one of the reasons why it doesn't work for me is because you know yeah the Bengals and the the Bills are going to be into the playoffs. They're both already in the playoffs. So they play this game. They play their next game. While the team they're playing in the playoffs has an accidental bye week somewhere, everybody else gets a week off. I I know you want to figure it out for the playoffs so everybody has 17 games and you can equitable and fair and the whole thing. But if you push it back, to get these two teams their 17th game, then you're not really being fair even to them because everybody else is going to get a week off. You mean to tell me the Chiefs, who may be the number one seed, depending on how this game would shake out, they would get two weeks off in three weeks. Week 18, then the extra week where they finish off the season, then the first round bye. You can't tell me that's not a significant advantage. Right, because you got you got Bills this Sunday against the Patriots. Right. And then you got the Bengals and Ravens. And so, like you said, they, they have they have opponents this week. Maybe the best option is just you, you cancel the game and you just you just have to maybe it gets declared a no contest. Mm-hmm. And that's that would probably be probably be the easiest, simplest thing to do, would it not? Yeah, probably. And then you would see the postseason as as you've mentioned on winning percentage, which would give the Chiefs right now the, the number one seed if they beat the the Raiders. Bengals would win the North, regardless what happens with Baltimore coming up on Sunday. You know. Do you play the Bills and Bengals this weekend? Did you mention delay week eighteen by a week? Mm-hmm. You drop the the time off between championship games and the Super Bowl. I don't think delay, delaying week eighteen. I don't know. If, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. I don't know if you can do that at this point in time. We're into Wednesday now, right? I don't think you can. Do you shake up the postseason? That you'd have the NFC wildcard games played along with Bills Bengals, and then the AFC wildcard games will be played the next weekend. Do you do that? I don't know if that's a great solution. I, I just looking at the options here. To me, the, the options, the best option is the first option, which is just cancel the game. Mm-hmm. We're too late into the season. There's there's not there's not room for it. And you, you play week 18 like you normally would. Bills, Patriots, Bengals, Ravens. Mm-hmm. And then you go on winning percentage, and that's what you have to do. It's too late for another option. Again, this is just thinking out loud. I think it's too late in the week to do it. But conceivably, if the Bills are ready, you could have finished this game Thursday, tomorrow night. Yeah. Then you can push Ravens Bengals back and Bills Patriots to 
Tuesday. I'm not going to play Monday night because that's the national championship game. Push it back to the 10th. Yeah. So, you know, you have five days to get ready, which is not anything out of the ordinary. They play on Thursday night, which is only four days from right. Sunday. And then you can play those teams' playoff games, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Titans. You have that triple header on Sunday of wildcard weekend anyway. Or and the Monday night game at your disposal too, where yeah, it's gonna be three consecutive short weeks, but it's not like playing three games in nine days. You'll have five days and then you'll have five other days right. to get all those games. It's too late to do that now because you can't now change course to play Thursday than Tuesday when Thursday is tomorrow. Right. right? And look, we we learned through COVID that the NFL had to be flexible. Yeah, they're Tuesday willing to games, play Tuesday, Wednesday. They did it before. Yeah, but doesn't when you just look at all this, isn't just the easiest solution is the best solution here? Just to bag it, yeah. Just to bag it at this point in time. Go winning percentage. And I get it. If you're the Bills and, and the Bengals, you wanted that chance to be the number one seed, get a first round buy. I, I I get that. I understand that. But I also think if there's two teams understanding of why, yeah, of of why they would have to go that route, it'll be and, the two teams that watch to do die on the field and then be brought back. Exactly. And I would like to think that probably Zach Taylor, Sean McDermott, would be okay with that. It's mm-hmm. not the best solution. I mean, it's not the easiest solution. The, the best thing would have been nothing ever happened to DeMar Hamlin, God bless him, right. and and that game got finished on Monday night, and whatever the outcome was, that was it. And we're playing a regular final weekend of the season. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. And I just think unless you were unless you were putting things in place on Monday night, working behind the scenes on that, trying, okay, what's going to be the plan? What are we going to do? And then, okay, announcing, all right, on the next day, here's what we're going to do. That didn't happen, though. And considering the circumstances, the the nature of what happened, I, I, I get that. But now it's kind of tough to just hear on a Wednesday go, well, that's just, okay, we're, they're going to play on Tuesday, and we're going to move things around, and or we're going to change the, the wild card weekend. Or mm-hmm. I, I just think that, that if you're if you're the Bills and the Bengals, you've got to be okay with winning percentage, and it means the Chiefs are going to be the number one seed, and that's just all there is to it. And you just have to accept that those are the circumstances. No guarantee that either one of those teams are going to get the number one seed. And I and I get it. You take away that opportunity, but I think for some really understandable reasons why that's not going to be would not be in the offing surprised the NFL didn't go, well, we'll just treat the first drives of the first quarter like overtime. You played to a scoreless tie, Bengals scored a touchdown, you only kicked a field goal, Bengals win. What you could do that, and I don't I don't know how. Everybody got a possession, <laughs> Bengals scored a touchdown. And you could you could look at it that way. And it's just uh serious. But they're no but I'm well I'm I'll take it a little bit seriously that you if you really if you have to have an outcome you have to have an outcome because mm-hmm. that that would that would give you your outcome opportunity they, was there for both they don't have a rule that through two and a half quarters at the 730 mark of the third quarter this game's official right not like baseball where you know, we got to get 15 outs it's the weather's looking kind of yeah exactly you know 
Which they don't really use that a ton anyway. They we're going to make you go back to Balakrishna and play an inning. Yeah. You know. So they don't really have that rule. They don't have that precedent. And I've heard a lot of people, I'm not going to say carrying the water for the NFL, but a lot of people that get paid either by the NFL or to cover the NFL and need that access. There's relationships there. There's relationships. A lot of people saying, well, that's what they were, that's the delay is there was no precedent. So they were creating precedent in the moment. Like, okay. All right. I guess I can buy that a little bit. Okay. By the way, ESPN, they're, they're standing by the reporting that the NFL was contemplating the players going in five minutes, get yourself prepared. Yeah. And I've seen some semantics on this, too. To where it's they they have kind of a leg to stand on. They do they and Joe Buck because while Troy Vincent says I don't know who said that to them, no one said that to them. Having it explicitly be stated in this situation, he could be right where no one said it. But also, everything that I was able to gather yesterday, that's kind of SOP for the NFL. A guy went down. Neck injury, head injury, ACL, broken leg, whatever. Put him on the air cast, put him on the cart, take him off, goes into the ambulance, drive him off. You guys got five minutes and we're restarting this game. If that's the SOP, then Joe Buck doesn't need anybody to tell him that. They, he well, needs somebody to tell him different. Well, right? we've seen World Cup situations where matches players had to be mm-hmm. carted off and then they play not long after. But in the World Cup, they're fine. They're soccer players. Well, these were more serious I know. injuries than than just ah. That guy was sneezed on. Guy, and he flopped and yeah. rolled around like he got, no, got he, shot by a sniper. You're but right. Chuck Hughes, 1971. Yeah. You know they what they did? They finished that game and he and he died. Not to say that that was the that, that should have been the precedent for Monday night. Right. That should not have been the precedent. What they did should be how you approach it. Right. And you shouldn't have a precedent for what you do after a player dies on the field. Exactly. But, and, and you know, I'll I'll defend Joe Buck that if the if he's working under the standard operating procedure of the NFL, which is you get five minutes. If they're not going to do that, somebody needs to tell him different. Well, and here's okay. Right? Here's the thing. Well, Buck told the New York Post that the information about the five minute warm up period came from ESPN rules expert John Perry. John Perry was in direct communication with the league. But he's also a former official, right? So right. he would know the the standard procedure for an injury, not necessarily this specific injury, but I'm sure John Perry's been on the field somewhere where somebody's had to be carted off and exactly. taken off in an ambulance, you know, and they do the wave, they give the thumbs up or whatever. People cheer, they they clap, teams go back, you get 5 minutes, do some high knees like you're flying to London, do that sort of thing. And then you're ready to go. So maybe John Perry didn't hear explicitly Monday night from the NFL that this is what was happening. But he knows from, what, 40 years of being a white hat or whatever it is that, okay, they're going to give him five minutes. Now, if the NFL is not even discussing that and they're discussing, we're not putting these guys back out there, somebody needs to give the booth a heads up, right? It's like, well, these guys think we're just going to give him five minutes. And the fact that he did it, four or five times shouldn't somebody somebody somewhere in the NFL league office has ears on Monday night football right like uh he's saying we're giving him five minutes somebody needs to go in there and tell him that's incorrect 
So here's the he just st- said it again. Somebody needs to go in. Yeah. Oh, and that's three. What are we doing here? Well, remember, Perry did not comment. He just said today is about the player, Damar Hamlin. And he didn't want to comment on this report. In ESPN's statement, there was constant communication in real time between ESPN and league and game officials. As a result of that, we reported what we were told in the moment and immediately updated fans as the new information was learned. This was unprecedented, rapidly evolving circumstance all night long. We refrained from speculation. They So what they're saying is, and it makes total sense, they are the ones carrying the national telecast. Mm-hmm. They would need to be provided up-to-date, you know, minute-by-minute, second-by-second information right. about what, what the plan is and what, you know, what adjustments that the ESPN would need to do in regard to continuing the broadcast of the game and to let, and to let fans know what's going to happen. That makes total sense. And maybe John Perry was told by somebody, hey, we're looking at five minutes here. That's a possibility. I think we're... And so that's what John Perry mm-hmm. told Joe Buck. And that's what was said on the air. And that changed, obviously. And I, and, I, and, and, and so... I know I some people want, like, the name. Who ordered the code red, right? They want something along those lines. I'm just saying it's not as clear-cut as either the NFL is this callous or Joe Buck is a liar or, you know, all of the other snap judgments. There's jo- there's a John lot Perry of room eight, for new ones. John Perry, 18 years as an NFL official, by the way. That's close. That's okay. But that's as an NFL official. I don't know right. about college, high school. But, okay, so they maybe they thought it, they, they said it out loud. Hey, we're thinking about restarting in five mm-hmm. minutes, and then they changed their mind. They did the right thing. So, why, at this point in time, they they ended up doing the right thing. Right. Wish it would have been sooner. Wish it would have been a quicker decision. But ultimately, can we not agree? They they did the right thing. No, they, they, they did ex- the right thing in the end. Absolutely, and you know, for me, it's it could be as simple as a game of telephone. John Perry's like, hey, what are we doing here? Usually, it's five minutes. We don't know what's going to happen. We're not sure. Exactly. We're not sure what we're going to do. And then he goes like, Joe, usually it's five minutes to warm up. We're kind of holding right now. But they usually give him five minutes after a catastrophic injury. And Joe, who's got to fill airtime now with something, says players given a five-minute warm-up period after an injury, it's a game of telephone, and not every single word in the context it's supposed to be gets from point A to point D. And, and so, does it really matter, like you said, who gave the quote the code red? Yeah. Because maybe it was just misinterpreted. Like you said, it's game of telephone. Mm-hmm. It was it was misunderstood, not relayed completely and clearly. Right. And that's led to this outrage. How dare the NFL think about mm-hmm. Stop it. Stop it. They were going through a moment where they're trying to deal with a, dealing with a, a crisis at that moment. The player on the field, Demar Hamlin, and obviously what he was going through and and his life, which was the number one thing, the most important thing, and then running in the background as a sub program of what do we do? What do we do with this game right now? Do right. we try to play this game tonight? We're heading into Week 17. It's it's not it it's not Falcons Commanders where you can just go. Ah, eh, we don't play this game. Yeah. It's no big deal because they're not, not going to the playoffs. Steelers. It, it's, they're not going to the playoffs. It, it doesn't. It not that it doesn't matter, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't in that really case, matter. it doesn't really matter. This game still had significance 
and still does. And so how do we handle that? And there are probably discussions of, can we play in five minutes? What do you think about that? Just because they talked about that doesn't mean that, oh, they're heartless bastards, that they're terrible human beings. Mm-hmm. And No, they're, they're trying to work through the process of what do we do here? What's respectful to the player and to the players on the field? And how do we approach this from, from a manner of, of, of not blowing up our schedule the following weekend? Those are things that are all part of that that conversation. Right. The, the, the poor decision would have been, we're going to go play in five minutes, which they didn't do. All right, 728. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And uh, coming up next, more details about uh, Coach Prime's contract. Her out. It's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Text or call us 970-242-1340 in the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 732. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine, something you need to get off your chest. Today's the day to do it. Text or call us, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line 970-242-1340. Somebody's going to want a bottle of Talon Wine today. I got a minor one. Okay, go ahead. If you pull up to the, and this usually is where I normally get most of my complaints, if you pull up to a drive through window and you get your drink and you pay and you get your food and you get your ketchup and your pepper or your sauce packets or what, leave. Don't just stand there talking. There are people behind you that need to get to work today. Oh, I'm totally with you on that. Just go. If you want to eat there, go inside. The, the one <laughs> the one I love, too, go to the grocery store. Okay, self-checkout's just, mm-hmm. you can't go through self-checkout. There's just everybody's in self-checkout. So you, you have to go through the line yeah. to a cashier. And you get elderly couple in front of you. Mm-hmm. Elderly couple that likes to chat. That they are just, they same with your deal. Yeah. They they pay they they get their groceries they're bagged up they're ready to go, and they just start chatting with the cashier, mm-hmm. and you're going, I'd like to get out of here sometime this week. Maybe and, maybe, maybe you guys should set a yeah. date for coffee later. I don't, but I want to get out of here. I want to pay for my stuff and leave. This is not the Netherlands where they have I don't know what it's officially called, but it's like the lonely cashier thing. To where it's specifically there for that purpose. If that's the only place you go or you don't have a lot of interaction, you can go to the lonely cashier aisle or whatever it's called. It's like a bartender. And well, no, you no, you because you, you they are specifically there to create a longer conversation while you're doing your your checking out. But what I'm saying, like, but we don't have a, that in America. You, we don't you, like each other that much. Yeah, place you go, you go bartenders and people talk to the bartender. They get to be kind of friends with them and it's that kind of thing. It's the same kind of thing. It's just it's, it's more, more a, for the elderly a, who don't have a right. lot of people to talk to. But it's for somebody to have a conversation with because they don't yeah. have people they normally talk to. That's why reason. you're married. Get out of my drive-thru. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of like, come on, man. Or the one I love, too, that dealt with more, well, we deal with it all the time, but mm-hmm. it seemed like more during the holiday season. People just, just park in your cart in the middle of the aisle. 
Yeah. Get it to the side. Find what you need. Get out of my way. There was one day, there was a woman, oh God, I forgot where we were at. She was, I don't know if she was looking at taco shells or whatever, but it was like it was the most critical decision in her life to decide which brand of taco shells to get. Do I get the Ortegas? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know what to get today. It was just, it was this. Nothing was, ruins tacos like a bad shell, though. That's I true, mean, that's but true. but I mean, this was, we needed to get something off the shelf, and she's just, she'd pick up a box, she was staring at it, well, put it back. Pick her up and move her, then. Well, <laughs> just well, be like, here, I was trying you to, stand over here. Well, no, my I'm, way, child. Well, no, I'm not going to touch somebody physically, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, Hit them with your cart. No. Just kind of back into their Achilles. But you did a couple Dunk. of, um, um. And then finally she kind of, oh. And then I think one of us, Kinder, I had to like slide the cart out of the way mm-hmm. so we could get what we needed, which we knew what we wanted. Yeah. And this woman looked like, oh, oh. Like, how dare you interrupt my deep, deep mm-hmm. analysis of which taco shells to buy? And again, go and have good taco shells. But come on, this was yeah. ridiculous. It's taco shells. It's not like you're. Find a Apparently, you guys like, needed taco shells too. So well, no, it was, it was actually it was something next to the taco shells, but she was blocking the whole thing. This is the sauce. But we just we knew what we wanted and we got it. We didn't right. have to sit there and debate for three minutes about which taco shells to buy. Every once Yikes. in a while, I go into the store and I have to decide what I'm going to buy there because it's a maybe inspiration will strike me visit. Right. Most of the time, it's like the fast food window. Or the 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 order box, I know what I'm getting when I get there. Now you're just in my way. They have numbers for a reason. There you go. That's another thing that drives me nuts. Yeah, can I get number three? Uh, combo? Yes, the number three. That's that's why I'm asking for a number three because they they tend to be yeah. You your company has mm-hmm. put them in these groupings to make it faster for the two yep. of us. Mister Burger the King has put together this little neat combination of items Ronald's for done the same my thing. convenience. Ronald, Grimace, yes, whoever. Grimace, the Chick-fil-A cow, whoever. Yes, that's exactly, I want that <laughs> in a combo. Chick-fil-A cow has put together these combos just for you. By the way, go to Chick-fil-A this morning, grab your breakfast there at Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. Get the scramble bowl. Absolutely. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, the breakfast burritos are sensational, too. Mm-hmm. I love that that jalapeno sauce. Oh, oh yeah. I don't, know how, I, don't, I don't know how to replicate that. I don't think you can. I think it's that's a secret sauce there that's truly amazing that they have at uh, Chick-fil-A. All right, so Apparently Deion someone Sanders. Someone used my last one over here. I've got to check with cake. <laughs> oh, somebody nabbed it. drawer over here. Somebody nabbed one. Yeah. Uh, was not me. Was not me, by the way. Yeah, I'm super hot about that. Okay, well, uh, Deion Sanders, who has a contract with the Under Armour during his time at Jackson State. We must protect this house. Well, when he's representing CU, though, it's going to be the swoosh. Now, the five-year contract approved last month by the CU Board of Regents, and it was given to the Post yesterday, was a clause that requires new Buffs coach, Deion Sanders, and a deal with Under Armour to wear Nike-branded Buffs products as appropriate in his new role as CU's football coach. His son, Shadir, also had a deal with Under Armour as well. Mm-hmm. And so the Buffs contract with Nike right now expires June 30th of 2025. My question is, what exactly is as appropriate? I'm, I'm going to assume any time that he's 
doing a presser on the sidelines. I'm going to venture any opportunity where he is going to be viewed by fans in the media. Better have the swoosh on. And, and that's interesting because isn't that what Under Armour's paying him individually for? Yeah, <laughs> same so, deal. Is that money going to have to go back to Under Armour if he's? I mean, they're going to say, "Hey, look, you know, we're not paying you to wear our our gear when you're home when there's nobody around." And initially, that uh, Jackson State they were a Nike school, and mm-hmm. then they eventually switched to Under Armour. So don't be surprised. That's part of the deal here. That at some point in this contract, if if he's still there. That the buff switched to Under Armour. I'm kind of surprised the swoosh didn't have prime time to begin with. You I'm kind of surprised. I mean? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised too. And that um, the contract was approved by an eight to one vote by the regents. Provides Sanders a budget of two hundred thousand dollars annually to use a private jet for recruiting. And and so Carl Durrell, you know, had I guess. A, Neither the renegotiation window nor the private jet were present in the contract given to Carl Durrell. So Durrell did not have access to a private jet. Sorry, Carl. You, Sorry. You've got to go fight all the other Southwest flyers at, at DIA. Take it south, fly in Southwest. Maybe there's a crop duster yeah. guy in your area that you can <laughs> hop in his plane. You better be bringing just a carry-on. And also the, the agreement between Sanders and CU uh, differs in the terms of of you know, of approval of the coaches' outside benefits, income, promotions, and endorsements. Sanders is represented by SMAC Entertainment, a multimedia content company founded by Michael Strahan, whose offers include the documentary series Coach Prime, which is on Amazon Prime, by the way, and premiered There's on December branding. 29th. There you go. And the new Buffs coach must provide Athletic Director Rick George and CU Chancellor Phil DeStefano with a verbal notification of such outside benefits, income promotions, or endorsements by September 1st. Durrell required a written notice of said arrangements. So that was a similar part of his contract as well. Just a couple of the quick highlights here. If somehow, some way, and it's a miracle, the Buffs win the national championship, Sanders gets a $750,000 bonus. New Year's six bowl game, four hundred fifty thousand. Just going to a bowl game, one hundred fifty thousand. Also gets one hundred fifty thousand if the Buffs win the Pac twelve. One hundred fifty thousand if CU is invited to a non New Year's six bowl game. He also gets one hundred fifty thousand dollars if he's named the coach of the year. One hundred fifty thousand if they play in the Pac twelve title game. Also a hundred thousand dollars for each additional win after six games. So there's some nice incentives <laughs> for Coach Prime in this whole thing. So All if right. he wins the national championship, he's going to get like $4 million worth of bonuses. That's kind of the way it looks like it's laid out. All right, time for a sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, more on Damar Hamlin. This comes from another Emlyn, Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. And to tell you just how well-known around his area DeMar Hamlin was, who's from around the Pittsburgh area, went to Pitt, Mike Tomlin has known this kid since he's a middle schooler. I'll say this about uh, DeMar Hamlin. Um, man, it's a really personal thing for me, uh, being a Pittsburgher. And, and that young man, being a Pittsburgher, I've known that guy probably since he was about 12. Um, just got a lot of respect and love for him as a human being, um, his commitment 
to the pursuit of his uh, goals and dreams of doing what it is he's doing right now, which is playing in the NFL, and to watch him make personal decisions and, and, and make that a realization. Um, it's just an honor to get to know young people like that. I um, had an opportunity to express that to him whenever I see him. We've played Buffalo um, each of the last two seasons, and he and I get to have a moment um, because it's just cool to 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 not only appreciate these guys in terms of where they are now, but to to know them since they were younger people and to to watch their maturation, their development, to watch them um, you know earn what they've been chasing. Um, it's just really a, a cool thing and. There you go. And there's more out there on the Twitter sphere, but that's that's the gist of it from Mike Tomlin. All right, very good. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Delta Panther girls coach Kyle Crowder joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Get in the huddle with Delta girls basketball coach Kyle Crowder on the team. And with us right now, Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta Panthers girls basketball team, and our conversation with Kyle brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Kyle, appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the program this morning. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me on, and Happy New Year to you. Likewise as well. Uh, Of course, uh, holiday break, always tough for basketball teams. Good in a way because... You know, kids get to spend time, and coaches as well, with uh, family and friends during the holidays, but also kids sometimes come back a little rusty. Uh, how the Panthers look this week, getting ready to head on the road this weekend for Centauri and Alamosa. You know, Jim, I can honestly say, um, you know, Chaffin has given us the opportunity to have the non-mandatory contact period between uh, Christmas and New Year's, and man, that has helped. Kids don't come back quite as rusty. You know, we got a few kids um, that were out, but for the most part, we had almost 100% participation in our um, in our practices over the break. So uh, we're excited. You know, this this is kind of almost like a, a second season for us. You take um, on. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Kyle. The first part of our season, you know, was kind of passed with some pretty heavy teams. Um, we felt like that we got better in those situations, and um, coming down the stretch, I think that's going to help us prepare for the league. Um, and it's it's. You know, like I said, it's, it's kind of like we got this really heavy-loaded uh, front end of our season, kind of gets us prepared, and then now we get down to the real season um, starting this week. So, Well, you played in the Palisade Tournament uh, before the holiday break, uh, faced Fruita Monument. Uh, they're playing really well right, right now. You, Of course, you've had your success against them in, in recent years. Uh, lost to them, lost to Central, which looks to be one of the favorites, along with Fruita Monument in the Southwestern League, and then uh, finished things up with a win against Grand Junction. That's kind of a, a rebuilding program for Sydney Brandon. But kind of take us through how you felt like your team looked in that uh, in that Palisade tournament leading up to the holiday break. You know that was a, a good opportunity for us to kind of start putting pieces together. We're you know we're not rebuilding, but we're trying to figure out everybody's roles and figuring out all the things that we need to do um, as individual players. So we went out and and I felt like that we played three pretty good games. We just weren't very effective offensively in the first two. Um, you know, when, when we can hold a team in the 40s, we feel like that we have a chance to win um, if our defense is good enough to do that. Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta Panthers girls basketball team with us. I'm sorry, Kyle, we lost you there for a moment. Oh, okay. We are, got, you, are you good? We got, we got you now. We got you now. Kyle okay. Crowder with okay. us today on the on the Team Sports Network. So, Kyle, uh, your team 2-4 and four right now, getting ready to uh, – 
take on Centauri, non-league opponent coming up. Uh, they're six and two. It's a, a good basketball team that you face uh, to begin the second half of the season on Friday night. Uh, they are, yeah. They're they're definitely kind of a, a program that's good every single year. They play tough man-to-man defense. Um, you know, they've got some really good athletes. So we're going to have to come in ready to go. Hopefully, you know, over the break, the last couple of weeks, we spent a lot of time trying to get our offense revved up a little bit. We have been not as effective in the, in the first half of the season as we wanted to be offensively. Um, but defensively, we're doing a lot of really good things, and, and we've got a lot of young players that are stepping up and starting to figure out their roles. So only good things right now for our team. Uh, for them, uh, Abby Smith has got off to a great start. Uh, she's averaging almost 15 points per game, just under four rebounds per contest. Uh, senior player for them, uh, one of the players you're really going to have to keep an eye on when you face off against them Friday night. Uh, she is a very good player, and we've seen her quite a bit. You know, last few years, uh, we've seen them during the season, and then they came over to our summer tournament. Um, so we kind of know what they've got, and, and if we can cover her up from the three, um, you know, she becomes a little bit uh, less effective. I think that uh, our athleticism is going to show, and, and we're going to have an opportunity to get out and run a little bit against this team. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about where our girls are at. I feel like the last two weeks were really productive, and hopefully we're going to be ready for this week. And then you have Alamosa on Saturday, and it's uh, come to my attention through Mark Cantor that, that calls the games uh, for us on the monkey that Eric Melgaz, who is their head coach and also their athletic director, was involved in an accident. Uh, according to Mark, he was transported to Denver. Uh, it, the, the circumstances don't look good. Uh, what can you tell us about the situation with Alamosa right now? You know, that's that's kind of an unknown. Um, you know, growing up, I was an Alamosa kid, so it, it's kind of a homecoming for me to go down there and get to see that. So uh, we're excited to have that opportunity. I know that uh, they're in a kind of a, a strange situation with all that. So we're going to just go in and, and try to do the things that we do best. And, you know, we can anticipate that, you know, they're going to have a little extra to play for, you know, um, playing without him and, and, you know, having a little bit of uh, extra motivation, I think that's going to make us have to be a little more prepared for that. Um, but, you know, I think they're they're both winnable games. If we go in and we do what we're capable of doing and we play to our potential, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to walk out of there with a couple of wins. And uh, certainly I've never met Eric Melgoza. I, I, for, I we think uh, nothing but good thoughts and pray for him and hopefully a recovery and, and, and thinking of his family as well uh, with, with the situation he's going through. So uh, when you take on Alamosa, uh, they've had some pretty good balanced scoring to start out the season, and uh, one of which, uh, who, she's their leading scorer right now, averaging just under uh, nine points per game, Charlie Higgum. So what, what can you tell us scouting report-wise about this Alamosa basketball team? Um, you know, we, we again, we've seen them quite a bit for the last couple of years. Um, you know, they like to make things kind of ugly and messy, and they just kind of get in your face, and they try to keep the score low, and they try to press a little bit. So we just got to keep our heads about us. Um, you know, offensively, I think that they have several girls that are going to be uh, pretty good competition for us, so we're going to have to find a way to um, keep track of those girls. But, you know, again, it's one of those things. We're, we're pretty good defensively right now. If, if we can get our offense going, I think there's no reason that we shouldn't have the ability to be successful. And so just a reminder to folks that uh, we will have, at, at the moment, we're, we're assuming that, uh, that you will play Alamosa on Saturday. 
that uh, will have both uh, the Delta Panther girls and boys this Saturday over on the Monkey, which is 97.1 in Delta, uh, taking on uh, the Mean Moose. And uh, pregame starts at 12.15 for the girls, the boys to follow on Saturday with Delta playing at Alamosa and then Satari the night before. And, uh, of course, games that we don't have on the radio, you can always uh, go to uh, 957themonkey.com, get the Highway 50 schedule, also get the link to Mark Cantor, streaming the games that we don't have uh, on the radio on the Monkey. But that is this Saturday, by the way, uh, over on the Monkey, which is 97.1 in Delta, both Delta teams at Alamosa. Hey, I appreciate it, Kyle. Thank you so much. Hope you had a wonderful holiday, and best of luck on the road trip this weekend and a successful start to the second half of the season here in 2023. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So I'm, I'm excited for what we're about to do. So thanks for the time and supporting us all the time. Appreciate it. Take care. Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta Panther girls. And so... I, you know, I don't know the circumstances other than what you know what Mark has informed me about um, the athletic director and the head coach uh, Eric Melgoz, Eric Melgoza, excuse me, that uh, he was involved in an accident, had to be airlifted to Denver in very very um, serious condition, uh, and so as of right now, at least according to Cal Crowder, who would know. Looks like Delta will be playing at Alamosa this weekend. But certainly our, our thoughts and prayers go to a gentleman we've never met, but obviously loves high school sports. His daughter's on that basketball team and is not just the, the head girls basketball coach, but the athletic director as well. We hope, uh, hopefully, a, a, a wonderful outcome for him uh, dealing with this uh, very serious uh, injury that he sustained in an accident. Like I said, we're not exactly sure what the circumstances were of the accident that he was involved in. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll come back with Hour 2. Text or call the show today. It's a Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Chance to win a bottle of Talon Wine, 970-242-1340.